the lonely, the Tunnock's Caramel Wafer Challenge Cup. A great name for a tournament, and the great name of Airdrie is on the trophy four times. If we could win it for a fifth time this season, I would really take the biscuit. To progress though, we will have to beat Bohemians of Dublin. Airdrie welcomed Sutton United last year at the same stage, and I think this again is shaping up to be our most intriguing fixture of the year. To try and help give a feel for what we might be up against, I speak to lifelong Bose fan David Rothwell. Then I catch up with ex-Diamond Caelan McAleer to see what he's been up to and how he thinks League of Ireland will match up to Scottish League One. I'm delighted to be joined for this special international edition of the OTL podcast by David Rothwell. David is a big Bohemians fan and that's Airdrie's opponents on Saturday. So David, welcome to the Airdrie News podcast. Thank you, Colin. Bohemians, it's a great name for a football club. Give us a bit of a feel for, for what what's Bohemians, where are you, what league you play in, what's a match day experience like? I will do. Well, I suppose the, the name Bohemians originally stemmed back to... Uh, you know, around the time of the formation of the club, we didn't have a ground. Um, we weren't sure where we were going to play, and there was a, a little bit of roaming around. So they had a tie uh, when they, when they asked the board to uh, vote on it. Apparently, and it finished six votes apiece. Six voted Bohemians, six voted Rovers, and whoever had the deciding vote decided to go with Bohemians. Thankfully, because our biggest rivals are Shamrock Rovers. So uh, <laughs> as, as thing, they didn't exist at the time, but as things have panned out, I think we we'd find it very strange to be uh, finding ourselves called Rovers these days. But um, yeah, we're from, I suppose, we're from the north side of Dublin. So for those people that would know Dublin, the River Liffey kind of divides the city in two. Um, the north side would have traditionally probably been the, the working class side of the city and the south side would have been the more kind of affluent middle class side of, side of town. Um, so we play about a mile or so north of O'Connell Street on the north side of the city. So you're pretty central then? We are very central. Yeah, you can jump. You can jump by Lewis, which is the tram from uh, O'Connell Street, and get up to the stadium within about three minutes. So uh, on any given Friday night, we probably have two to three hundred football tourists from all over Europe that come because of the one, I suppose, the ease and the and, and the convenience from the city centre. But secondly, because of the stadium, it's a uh, it used to be the old national team stadium held 40, 50,000 back in the day but it's a bit of a, a kind of a crumbling wreck at this stage but it has a lot of character you know it has the wild the wild terraces and the, the big floodlight pylons and that sort of thing and you know not very many stadiums like that anymore that are, are built literally right in the middle of a housing estate so you walk up laneways and stuff like that to get in access to the stadium so that attracts a lot of people yeah, So we football should be Absolutely, absolutely, and you know, you walk up. No, not not very often. You have to kind of buy tickets in advance. This season, a little bit more. We've kind of sold out the main stand for a couple of games, but uh, normally it's kind of just walk up, pay your money on the night, and and come in and enjoy yourself. So, um, you know, bigger bigger games tend to be the Dublin derbies and maybe against the better clubs like Dundalk and Cork if they're going well. But the special one is Shamrock Rovers. So they're our, they're our number one rivals, and we played them four times a season, twice at home, twice away, and. You're always guaranteed fireworks in that game. And you you put me in the direction of uh, Anarchy in Ireland. It's a, a Copa 90 video on uh, on YouTube. I'd, I'd recommend it to any football fan just to give you a, a, an insight as to what that derby's like and uh, and what the match the experience is because it looks great. Yeah, I don't really. It really is. I think it's you know I've had I've had friends from uh, from all over kind of Europe have come across that particular fiction. They're just kind of blown away by. Um, I suppose one the kind of reckless nature of the crowd you know in in Britain I think football fans have kind of become a bit sterilised it's kind of sit in your seat and shut up and 
you know, do what the stewards tell you. Whereas, particularly for that fixture, you know, and you, people stand up the whole game. They there's no such thing as sitting in your seat. You're, you know, <laughs> you kind of just run wild around the stadium, and and it's a it's going to be a different atmosphere. But as you said, if people Google uh, anarchy in Dublin on YouTube and the Copa ninety video, they'll see it, and uh, and and look at it for itself. But yeah, it's a, it's a special fixture. You know, it's. It's a uh, old school hatred, I suppose. Yeah, there's a, a there's a bit I particularly like, which is uh, one of the goal celebrations. That so the, the players run over at the crowd and the crowd run forward and advertising holding all collapses, which is what happens when we play our local derby. We're kind of in a ramshackle terrace, uh, and it really, it really just adds to it. It's kind of sense of mayhem just with the whole place falling down in the goal celebrations. Yeah. So no, it, it looks great. Uh, and so the league that you're in, you, so you play each other four times. I mean, how many teams are in it? Yeah, so it's, it's a 10 team league at present. So nine other teams. So you play 36 games in a season. Uh, from time to time, every couple of years, the league will decide to go from 10 teams to 12 teams and back again. So if it's a 12 team league, we play each other three times and it becomes a 33 game season. Um, they keep on switching and changing it you know I think in a way uh, you know the teams who are in the 10 team league I think prefer the 10 team league financially because it's slightly bigger teams slightly bigger gates more kind of Dublin derbies that kind of thing um, from a fan's perspective though I think you can get a little bit bored four times playing the same team you know and then potentially you could get them in the league cup you could get them in the FAI cup you could draw them maybe in a, in a kind of a lesser competition like a Leinster senior cup or something we play so you can play the same team six seven eight times in a season um so it does get very repetitive and a bit boring but um you know that's the nature of it I suppose when we only have sort of 20 uh, 20 league clubs in the country we're a, a very similar well the same structure as you we're leagues of 10 with three cup competitions where you can potentially draw the same team so I know exactly where you're coming from yeah, and it's just trying to get well, for, especially for the top leagues, trying to get it right between having the the level of competition and and keeping the standard high enough, but also for keeping it fresh for the fans. Tell us about, but how did you end up being a Bose fan? Then, well, it's it's my local team, really. I suppose they're from. You know, uh, if I looked out my back bedroom window, I could see the floodlight probably about three miles away in the distance. So. Um, it's just it's just always been there. My neighbour actually was the first person to bring me down when I was about four or five years of age. Um, he he had a daughter who obviously had no interest in football and he was looking for someone to bring along, so he he rolled me into it one night, and uh, never looked back. Or, you know, went down with him regularly, and then as I got a little bit older, started uh, going with friends, and then you know made my own friends down there. So I've been been at it for thirty five years or whatever now. So. I think it'll be with me for the next 35 of them around that long. <laughs> the the uh, Wikipedia page I was reading through, and I'm going to have to email you in advance of this, is the nicknames, the Bohemians, the Gypsies, the Bows, uh, the Big Club, which is obviously a, a little uh, dig at your your local rival Shamrock Rovers, but I understand that you're, you're responsible for that one. Well, I, I'm not responsible. A good friend of mine uh, by the name of Pader Siri is, and it's, it's, it was just a joke, really, when we, I don't know if you, if you remember, we, we once knocked Aberdeen out of Europe back in uh, the UEFA Cup back in 2000, 2001 season. So uh, August 2000, we were um, we were playing Aberdeen, obviously, and we won 2-1, and we won 2-1 at Pataudry. And uh, earlier on, I think the day of the game, I'd, I'd have a bit of a sympathy in English football for Wolves, and we were reading a newspaper, and... Uh, the newspaper started off with a pre-season feature preview in the league in England and it, it started off with some headline about Wolves are a big club of that there is no doubt or whatever you know so I started having a laugh and a joke with the lads about Wolves being a big club and uh, the following day then obviously we were both after beating Aberdeen and we were on a train drinking a load of cans heading back towards Glasgow to get the plane uh, 
you know, somebody made a reference, you know, they're not a big club, we're the big club, and, and it just kind of spiralled with a few cans, we're having a bit of crack, and we started exaggerating kind of what a big club should be, and setting up our own TV channel, and we'll, you know, we'll we'll dominate the world football market, and, you know, just pure drunken rubbish, really, like anybody that's been on a football trip will tell, but um, it just we just kind of carried it over amongst seven or eight of us, but when we got back to Dublin, we realised within a couple of days that it really irritated Shamrock Rovers fans. <laughs> So we just decided that we'd keep it going, and uh, yeah, it's just kind of it's kind of spiraled out of all control now, without even realising. You know, people at games would be saying, oh, "Come on, the big club," and you know, it's just it's just kind of grown legs and taking on a life of its own. But it's just it was all a bit of fun. I, I remember the Aberdeen result very well, and actually, this the start of this season, Kilmarnock got knocked out by uh, Connorsky Nomads, and it's got the same kind of feel like a real shockwaves through Scottish football to kind of asking where our Premier League is if that's the uh, the results that we're getting so I, no, I do remember it and I remember hearing the, the footage and it was all you singing sounded quite well oiled in the background so must have must have been a great trip and, and I guess that's one of the interesting things here for, for us and we, we played Sutton last year like getting football against teams from other countries is, is a novelty it's quite exciting because it's not one of your Liga 10 playing the same teams four times but for you guys I mean you've I think the most uh, the most successful Irish club in, in European football in terms of the number of fixtures that you've won uh, does that take the shine off it a bit and then also what happened last year with East Fife must kind of tarnish the, the the reputation of the tournament as well How how's the Challenge Cup seen for the, the Bose fans? Yeah I suppose I suppose it was like last season it was you know, everybody was kind of looking forward to it because for, for a couple of seasons we, we hadn't even been good enough to qualify for it. So effectively, what happens is the first three teams in the league and the cup winners will uh, will end up in European competition. So fifth and sixth place had been offered the uh, the Challenge Cup spots, and and for a couple of seasons we finished seventh. And Bray Wanderers were in one year, and I think Sligo were in or whatever, and and we weren't. And you know, when you don't have European football, we're this is our eighth eight year now without European football. So, um, 2012, actually, sorry, was the last time. So, if we do qualify next year, it'll be eight years without European football. But, you know, you just want, uh, as a football fan, you just want trips to different countries and something different. So, a lot of people originally really rode in behind the uh, behind the competition. But then, when the draw came out last year, firstly, it was Peterhead, which, as well, you know, isn't the easiest place in the world to get to. Yeah. So, um, Although close, to, close, to, close to Aberdeen for reliving the happy memories yeah. of that, that victory. A- but... Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely, but um, I think uh, originally we were scheduled to play an FAI Cup quarter final that weekend against Derry City, so we didn't know whether we should book flights or whether we should leave it or what we should do. Um, and then, as it turned out, Derry had a couple of players playing in the Ireland under 21 squad, so the game got pulled. And only at that stage were we certain that the game would actually take place when it was due to on the Saturday. So at that stage, I think I paid north of 200 euro for a flight to Aberdeen. Um, it was, and, and so did you know a handful of others. But a lot of people decided it was probably too pricey for them, or they'd go via Glasgow and, and travel up for four or five or six hours, or whatever the case may be. So, um, so that really cut the numbers because of the short notice and the certainty of the date. So we only had a support of probably about seventy. Whereas I think last year, with the initial interest, if we had have had a date cemented and got a probably a Lowlands team, we might have ended up with three hundred and fifty to four hundred over. I'd say um, this year. 
again there was a little bit of uncertainty because the FAI Cup quarterfinals were originally penciled in again this weekend um, as it turned out again Bohemians this year had a couple of players in the Ireland under 21 squad so the game got pulled and we knew that we'd play you guys on the Saturday so um, I'd say we'll probably have 100 north of 100 maybe 150 this weekend but it's hard to tell um, flights were very expensive very quickly I booked them initially and I got them for 50 euro but within a couple of days I think they were 250 so that's because you're, you're the big club though that's it you've, you've, you've turned the, the flight prices through the roof <laughs> but um, I think yeah I, I think the fan base is probably a bit split a, a, a few people are thinking you know given the fact that we're, we're heavily involved in the European race this year should be wasting our time and should we be travelling over and we might get injuries and whatever else the case may be and we should focus on, on the main task in hand um, other guys are just happy to have a trip away and, and a, a few days drinking and stuff like that so we're probably a bit split but I think you know if things had went well last year and the competition had ended fairly I think we probably would have had at least double the support this year because as I said the fan base is kind of 50-50 as they would really want to be involved in us so. and for Airdrie fans listening uh, you were you were drawn against well actually let's talk through you beat Peter Head you then drew Sutton United who'd knocked us out you beat them on penalties at home you drew East Fife mm-hmm. uh, and I mean was it freak weather conditions I know that everybody was in the stadium uh- well, yeah, I wouldn't call it freak weather conditions. Effectively, it, it was a very cold uh, February, Friday night in February, the night before the game, uh, and the pitch was frozen. Um, and it just a small area of it underneath the shadow of the main stand just didn't tie out in time. Uh, it was a 3 p.m. kickoff, and we, we tried our best. We tried everything we could do to get the pitch frozen in time and get the referee to give it the go-ahead. But unfortunately, he deemed that uh, he deemed that area of the pitch unsafe. Um, we were asking, could we kind of delay it and, and try again? Uh, you know, at kind of half three, four o'clock, see what would happen. He he decided that look, it's only going to get darker and colder again. It's not going to happen. We did try to negotiate with uh, East Five around playing it on a Sunday morning in a different venue and stuff like that, but. You know, they, they had their arrangements to go home early, I think, on the Sunday and stuff like that. So it just wasn't practical. Um, and the Scottish FA then, you know, asked, would we be interested to go and travel to East Fife and, and play it there so they wouldn't have to travel again? Um, we're a part-time squad, so a lot of players work and, and, and play football, obviously, you know, in the evenings and stuff like that and train. So it wasn't practical for us to have guys to take a day or two off work and go over at such short notice. So we just had to forfeit the tie, which, you know, wasn't ideal. But... Um, Look at it was probably it was probably the best move when you when you take a step back and kind of look at it, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a it's a tough one. I mean, I, I said to you before we started, I've got a, a friend in uh, here in Edinburgh who's an East Fife fan, and had been over for it, and uh, I think he felt kind of torn as well because they'd all had a terrific weekend. It was like a, a real event for them to get to travel to which she's five and it kind of yep. brought a whole load of guys together again. And I think everybody had had a great time in the, the club underneath the, the main stand. Uh, so uh, it was just there wasn't an easy solution to it. And I think you, you probably did the, no. the honourable thing but it must make it must yep. stick in the throat a bit and make you think about well yeah, why why bother getting involved in this competition if, if yep. that's the kind of thing that can yep. happen. And look, to be to be fair to East Fife, like the original date of that game should have been November, but um, we were three weeks past the end of our season at that stage, and we didn't want to keep the players, you know, have to pay the players for an extra three weeks to hang around, really, for that tie. So East Fife, in fairness to them, I think were gracious enough to move the tie to February because of that. Um, and you know it was unfortunate then when that happened the second time. So look, I think you know it was probably right that given the you know given how considerate they'd been to us prior to that that they went through, you know, but. Um, it was funny though the season before that if you go back the year before that all the fixtures had been one week earlier in the calendar year 
And if they had been that way last year and this year, it would have suited us a lot better. So I'm not sure what the change was. But um, that one week kind of just clashed with rounds of cup matches in Ireland, whereas the, week, the year before it was league matches, which would have been easier to call off. Um, we would have been able to play because we would have only had to hold, hold the players back one week later than the end of the season and, and that kind of thing. So just the dates probably are a week out to suit Irish teams ideally. Um, I know Waterford, who are playing Hearts under-21s this weekend, have the same issue. They've had to postpone a, a home cup quarter-final with the champions Dundalk. So, um, and I think that's going to be played on Monday night instead now. So that will probably cost them financially on the gate. They won't get as many on a Monday as they would have on a on a weekend. So, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one. I know you've you've moved your quarter final as well. I mean, particularly with that tie, I, I the Colts teams from the Premier teams in Scotland have been let into this competition, which I think makes a bit of a mockery of it. I think if you asked any Airdrie fan and fans about our level, we quite like the international element of it. I would question whether you should maybe do that post the tournament and maybe have like the semi-finalists against from our competition maybe four teams from each of the leagues and, and just make it a, a pre-season thing or something yeah. like that but uh, certainly yeah. having under 21 teams is, doesn't hold any appeal for anyone I don't think uh, and I don't think there'll be many Hearts fans coming over and to have to tear up your calendar for a match against the Hearts Academy teams pretty tough going but, but, but there you go that's, that's where we're at with it at the moment <laughs> hopefully it'll be refined as yeah, the years go on that's true, and it's probably unfortunate because uh, Waterford's a great place to visit, and it's a really, it's a really good town with a really good nightlife. Um, it's a coastal town down the south of Ireland, and and there's probably twenty teams in Scotland would have loved to get that trip and bring their their first team and their fan base over. And you know, the Colts team ends up getting that kind of tie, and they probably won't bring any sort of support. So, you know, from that point of view as well, I think half the appeal of having you know the international teams in it is the the novelty and the trips that you'll never be on before, and you might never be on again. Yeah. And you know that's kind of been taken away from the team as well. I said, you know, and you mentioned there that uh, the the bows are part time. We are as well. Most of the teams, other than Wraith Rovers and Falkirk and the like, the Airdrie are in are, are part time. I'm just kind of interested in the what you think the standard of the Irish league is like. Before I called you, I, I spoke to Caelan McAleer who has been at Finn Harps this season. Was at Sligo last year. Uh, he thinks that you'd be a you think should be a championship team in Scotland and given your attendances I think that's about right yeah I think we would be I think you now the, the champions over here Dundalk I think would well hold their own in the Premier League um, attendance wise you know they, they don't they're, Dundalk's a small enough town they probably get about 3,000 that game so they wouldn't have the kind of support Premier League teams have but I think the standard and the quality and the European results over years I think would probably suggest that they'd be good enough to hold their own in the Premier Division um, Shamrock Rovers our big rivals are, you know, slightly better than us. Um, yeah, well, league league form would suggest, but uh, derby form over the last couple of years wouldn't. Um, I think they'd be probably somewhere maybe around, you know, bottom of the Premiership, top of the Championship. I might say we'd be probably a run of the mill Championship team, maybe as would the likes of Derry City and and one or two others. And um, if you if you went down to the bottom of the table, then maybe you know low low championship kind of upper end of your division at this moment yeah. in time maybe but um, I don't know well, like we played Peterhead last year who won the it's the second division is it the, the, the bottom tier the bottom tier yeah so it's league yeah. two it's yeah. called at the moment yeah <clears throat> so we we played them last year and we played basically our under 19 squad with one first team player who actually scored the goal um, and you know it was probably a fairly even game but which would have led me to believe that if we'd have put our first team out, we probably would have bet Peterhead by three or four. 
So I'd say we're substantially probably better than with our first eleven than than that level. So you know, in and around championship, I would think. Right, and then one of the challenges, particularly for Irish teams, it would seem to me is you have a lot of Irish men who will, or Irish men and Irish women, sorry, shouldn't be so old-fashioned to travel across to England or uh, maybe more to Celtic in Scotland to to, to watch to get the football fix. Uh, and you've also got I know GAA is massive in uh, in Ireland, and if your county's going well, then uh, that that really the town gets buoyed by that. So it's almost as if you're a minority sport. But yeah, I, I was slightly jealous of the your national team played tonight. At the last I saw, you were drawing with with Switzerland. You've got a better record at getting to tournaments than us. You've nicked a couple of our best players, but we'll, we'll forgive you that. <laughs> uh, what's it like supporting football at the the top level in Ireland? Ireland, because it, it seems like you're you're hamstrung slightly. Yeah, we we abso- we absolutely are. Um, I think you know if you were to speak to anybody in 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 League of Ireland at the moment, anybody that's kind of around the clubs, and say to you know pretty much consistently at every club around the country, and you said to them, "What's the big problem with your team, or what's lacking?" Everybody will tell you it's a goal scorer. And the single biggest issue is just that anybody in this league who gets six, seven, eight goals a season gets shipped off to England, uh, and you don't tend to see them come back again. They you know they'll finish out their careers there, be it in you know they might go over to the championship, but they could end up in League One or League Two, but they'll stay over there because I suppose of the financial security and and the slightly better money and that kind of thing. Um, very few tend to come back. The odd one does, but but very few. Um, so one I suppose one of the big problems is been so close to kind of the UK we lose players hand over fist anytime any of them show any sort of um, any sort of ability mm-hmm. uh, secondly I suppose you know you're competing with fans for who see the glamour and see the glitz of the Premier League and, and the superstars and all that sort of stuff and just don't want to come down the road and, and, and watch us as, as you probably even see in Glasgow with Celtic and Rangers yeah. in terms of you know the attraction of their stadiums as opposed to you know going to a smaller club or whatever um, so that that kills us a lot and you know people won't even give the won't even give the you know the game or the league a chance you know they'll say oh that's crap that's rubbish and you know you'll say to them well when's the last time you were down there oh, I've never been I wouldn't go so people have perceptions and they're unwilling to change them and you know some people over the last couple of years we've managed to kind of increase our fan base bit by bit and, and have bought into it uh, you know we've had some fairly positive press around it all and, and, and the fan base is certainly growing but uh, we'll, look, we're never going to be the sort of team that's going to take over from a Man United or a Liverpool or an Arsenal or whatever but you know, all we're asking is that people could have a second team You know, many of the Bohemians fans do have a team in England you know, I myself would be a, as I said a Wolves sympathiser um, so you know, there's nothing stopping people going over there on a Saturday but they could come down and have a look at us on a Friday night and I think that's really the space we need to try and get into more is to convince people that there's a you know the difference between kind of TV football and, and and what you'll see yourself if you go to a stadium and, and a bit of banter and camaraderie and stuff like that. So, um, and to go back to your other point, I suppose the GAA then is a is a massive factor. Um, like Dublin played the All Ireland Gaelic football final there last weekend, and there was eighty two and a half thousand people at the game. So, um, you know, you're competing with that and. The, you know the the stadium and stuff they have down there. Um, it's it's an it's an amateur sport. The players don't get paid, but um. But you know, people people kind of buy into it in a big way. But having said that, there's not that many games in a season, mm-hmm. so uh, the, the, there is a league season, which is seven games. Um, there's a you know divisions of eight, and, and you play seven games. Uh, a lot of people don't tend to go to that. So then people come along for what we call the championship, which is the All Ireland series. So Dublin can play five or six games in that. They're all on a lovely sunny Sunday in the summer, and you know. It's no real hardship to follow, a, you know, to go and follow a team six times in a year. Whereas, to be a League of Ireland fan, you have to 
you know, to go to 35, 40, 45 games a season and, uh, you know, you don't have the positive reinforcement of having 30,000 people around you thinking, oh, well, I'm doing the right thing here. You know, you could be standing with another eight or 900 people like you at an away game or whatever. And, you know, I think people just go with go with the go with the crowd really and, and, and will pick the kind of easier support where you'll or the easier sport to support where you'll get a bit more kudos and work from your colleagues and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, but it sounds like you are quite entrepreneurial. So but again before we started we we're having a chat and you've moved to summer football, which is something I think definitely the outside the top leagues in Scotland we should be considering just as a point of difference and and, and the T V schedules for sport are they struggle during the summer so it gives you more of a, a fighting chance to get some publicity. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, in Ireland, actually, funnily enough, it doesn't because we run into the GAA season. <laughs> okay. Um, but but what we do do is, I suppose, we, we we have a period then during the summer months where you're not competing with the Premier League. But um, but at the same time, you, we do notice that in kind of July and August, you will see our gates drop by 15 20% on any given week because it's peak holiday season and people are going away, the kids are off school, you're taking the family away and that sort of stuff. So whilst I suppose we probably do see bigger crowds through kind of you know April, May, September kind of you know when you have kind of relatively bright nice and nice and uh, kind of warmish evenings you do see bigger crowds in peak summer you probably don't but you do have the you know the advantage of not having waterlogged games and frozen pitches and that sort of stuff as you as you go through the winter so I think the fan base are probably mixed. Well, I suppose to you know, it's really probably only people were 15 years now in summer football. So a lot of the younger people don't know any differently. And and I think if you were to go back to summer football, they'd probably be a bit resistant. Yeah. Um. But a lot of the older people, I think, quite like the you know the Christmas fixtures and that kind of thing. There is, funnily enough, a lot of talk quite at the moment around a, an All Ireland League, and and there's a couple of people who are trying to back an All Ireland League where we'd where we join forces with the league up in the north of Ireland. And um, if, if that was to go ahead, the plan would be to start it in, I think, May and run it till New Year's Day and have the, the season finished then. So that's kind of a little bit of everything, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> if summer football and you also have winter football, and, and I suppose the key thing is you're kind of in your season before European football starts, so it gives your teams as much of an advantage as possible when, when those ties come around. Yeah, it might I don't know what breaks it's going to do either. <laughs> either, but yeah, well, yeah, well that that's you know a lot of people think of Brexit and you don't think of many things, but you could end up with having two entirely different uh, sets of employment laws for the, based for on the who, you can, who, you yeah. can, who you can, yeah, who you can, who you can bring in. You know, like uh, for example, Bohemians would be able to bring in whoever they want from anywhere around Europe, and Derry City or Linfield or whoever else might decide to play in that league. Derry actually play in our league. They might be able to do something similar because they're based in, in you know, what's the UK. So there's there's a million little unknown quantities on how it's all going to pan out and how it's going to work, and and yeah, it could have implications on Derry as you know winning our league over the next couple of years. Yeah, no, well. Uh, well, we'll not touch on politics because football is complicated yeah. enough. So, um, right, what one of the last things I want to touch on with you. Uh, so, some of your guys have come on Pie and Ball for, which is an excellent kind of inter-team uh, Scottish message board, uh, and they were moaning, they were bemoaning a lack of goals uh, for both, which was making us feel quite positive. You then uh, went out and scalped University College Dublin ten-one. Uh, yeah. What on earth happened there? Um. Well, we, funnily enough, we lost to UCD less than four weeks before that game. We lost to them 1-0 out in their place. Um, it, as it transpires, we played a player we shouldn't have played, and, and they got a 3-0 result based on that. But um, 
we just that that particular evening we had no strikers. We you know everybody was out injured, and then when we played them at home, uh, sorry, I should probably tell a bit more of the story when we played them away. Um, there was a bit of an incident involving their goalkeeper. He was doing a lot of time wasting, you know, kind of golden the crowd a little bit and that sort of thing and there was an incident between a few of our fans and our captain and a few of their team and stuff after the match and long story short their goalkeeper got a, a four or five match ban so he was missing for the game the return game and the guy he had in goal was absolutely shocking that's all I can say he was the worst goalkeeper I've probably ever seen in, in League of Ireland but um, you know he gave away I think three or four penalties he should have been sent off his positioning for free kicks and that sort of stuff was abysmal um, and once we kind of got three or four goals ahead we got our tails up we were attacking from all angles we looked like we were brilliant and and I think it stemmed from the goalkeeper I think if they had had the goalkeeper they had a few weeks before that the game probably would have finished two or three nil I think just their goalkeeper made so many mistakes we suddenly got on you know on a roll tails were up and, and we just went for the juggler and you know we got ten goals but it was a kind of just one of those evenings. It was bizarre. We did lose to them dock then 6-1 on the Monday in the League Cup, so that brought us back down to earth. Oh, well, we've got our first choice keeper uh, able to play then. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm intrigued by how the game will go uh, for for this weekend. Um, I think the travel can't be overlooked as well. It must, for part-time players, I don't know what your arrangements are, yeah. but... Yeah, as as I believe, as I as I understand that we're actually getting the the it was quite expensive to fly to Glasgow on Saturday for whatever Friday on Friday for whatever reason probably because uh, Russia are playing Scotland in the qualifier and we'd have a significant enough Russian community here I suppose um, maybe a lot of them are flying over to the game or something I don't know but the flights were were expensive so uh, the team are actually getting the boat over and and the bus through uh, through Belfast. Um, as I understand it, uh, they are flying back though, so I think you know that may have a bit of an impact. Mm-hmm. And and we're not, again, as I understand it, we're not bringing the majority of our first eleven. So kind of what we'll probably play is mostly our kind of fringe players, the guys that we would tend to play in the league cup and that sort of competitions, uh, mixed in with a few of our under 19s So it will be probably stronger than the team we played in Peterhead last year, but it won't be anything like our first team. Okay, that's good to know. Uh, and yeah. the, you mentioned a couple of guys are getting under twenty one caps uh, over this international weekend. So would they otherwise have been in this game? Uh, I don't think so. Given that the rest of the first team, the majority of the first team aren't playing, I don't think they would have been. Um, as I said, we're you know we're kind of on the run in at the season at this stage, and uh, we have a couple of big games coming up in terms of European qualification and, and a cup quarter final and stuff like that. So um, I think he's just taking the opportunity to give the players the rest for the rest for the week. David I'm uh, actually missing the game at the weekend I missed the Sutton game because my wife was very heavily pregnant and it's now the wee man's uh, first birthday party and I have suggested that uh, I'm not going to be doing much at that and she could keep me a party bag but that's not going down well <laughs> so uh, I won't get a chance to meet you on Saturday I, I wish you all the best for the uh, safe travel over I hope you have a great time I'll try and set up uh, when we upload this and I'll try and get in touch with your, your fan groups and stuff but there's a few of the, the publicans in Airdrie will be, would be delighted to see some of your guys the certain guys had a great time in some of the local pubs so I hope that the yeah well if you can if you can give us a, a recommendation of a bit of a pub crawl I'm sure uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of people available to be in Airdrie from about 10 o'clock on Saturday morning to take you up on the offer yeah so. no we can we can do that uh, Gary Q Hero uh, which is the local pool hall had food on for the Sutton fans I'm sure he'll uh, do that again and, and there's a number of pubs that are kind of sponsored the football team and stuff so we'll we'll set that up but I hope you have a, a great trip and I hope it's a, a, a an interesting well it'll be an interesting game I hope the 
it's like a good game uh, and, and whoever wins wins it's a, it is quite an interesting tournament and uh, it's just a shame we can't get a replay back in Dublin but but there you go Cheers thanks very much we, we look forward to it and uh, may the best team win I suppose no, Thanks for your time David that's been great I'm delighted to be joined online by Caelan McAleer, someone who's played for Airdrie uh, and also has the experience of the, the League of Ireland. Caelan, how are you getting on? Yeah, good, good. Caelan, you had two spells at Airdrie. Uh, you were came on loan from Partick Thistle, who you'd left Ireland to, to join uh, Scotland as, as a youngster. I mean, what age were you when you moved across? Um, just turned 18, I think it was, yeah. Uh, and you came to us for, I think, just the, the tail end of the season under Gary Bolan. And yeah. Adrian went a really strong run, so we had been looking like we were about to go down. You just missed out on the playoffs uh, on the last day, I think. A really good 2 0 victory against them. Fairman, was that, a, and you played a, a good part uh, out in the wing uh, in that spell. Was that a time you enjoyed with us? Yeah, definitely. Um, we went on a really good run. Um, we were we were more or less going to get relegated, I think, and then I can't, we must have went in a 10 or 12 game run without getting beat you know um, I can't really remember but yeah we went on a good run with a, a lot of good players and stuff and it was good we stayed up and any key memories I mean I remember you scored an absolute ping against Dunfermline away at East End Park but yeah uh, well any... that <laughs> that was my first professional goal not, not a bad um, one to uh, open your account with yeah it was uh, against Ryan Scully as well he was on loan from Pardick as well at the time <laughs> so even better Excellent, uh, and then at the end of that season, we we I think we all hoped that there might be some sort of deal done so you could come back to Airdrie, um, but we thought, given the performances you'd put in, it might be Thistle would want to keep you for a while longer. But you went on to East Fife the next season. Uh, can you tell us a bit about how did that come about? Um, yeah, just uh, there was a couple of teams uh, in for me and. I just thought I'd try something different. Um, Guy Naismith um, was a the manager there, and um, he just talked me around. And um, yeah, I went to East Fife, um, but it was a lot tougher in League Two. Um, probably do regret maybe not staying at Airdrie, but um, yeah. So it works out, really. Yeah, uh, did, yeah. did you have an injury that season? I seem to, yeah, to struggle I a bit. Yeah, I picked up an injury. I think I was out for like six to eight weeks and I couldn't really get back fit. I was still struggling. Um, so it knocked me back for a while. That was at the start of the season, which wasn't ideal. And then you came back to your during the next season, but it never really seemed to uh, to get going for you, which, uh, I mean, the fans were quite excited to have you back. We knew what you could do, but it felt like you didn't really get a, a run in the first team. Is that about fair? Yeah, yeah, I'd probably say that. And then it was under... I think new management as well um, came in um, and I think there was a lot of changes and stuff um, and uh, yeah just I'd, probably wasn't playing to the best of my ability to be fair but yeah there was a lot of new changes there was a new management and you know backroom staff and stuff like that but I hold my hands up I wasn't playing good enough anyway and you're still young at that time so you moved Moved back home, is that right? After after that spell at Airdrie? Um, no, I went to I went out on loan from Airdrie to Kilburnie, um, just to get back and join my football again. Um, I done well there, and then I got a move to Greenock Morton. 
Yeah. They were a league above where Airdrie would have been at that time, so was that championship? Yeah, Morton was uh, championship, yeah. And how, how was your time there? Yeah, it was really good. Um, it was a strong team. Um, I was on a six-month deal. Um, had the option of staying on, um, but I opted just to go back home and, you know, face a new challenge. It was a long time away from home and stuff, your family. Um, and I, I realised I wasn't going to probably play in the SPL. You know, I was probably going to float around Championship League One. Um, and it's not really financially stable to be able to do that for a long period of time yeah and you don't you don't have your support network around you and you're yeah as you say you're going to probably have to have a job off the pitch and uh, yeah. imagine that'd be pretty tough uh, i've followed you on on facebook so i know that you do a bit of football coaching now and that seems to is that since you've gone back home you set up is it like kind of one-on-one coaching with, with kids to bring them on yeah yeah um because i was doing a bit of that when i was playing for morton um with the company over in scotland um it's one of the biggest ones um, one-to-one sports coaching, I think it is. Um, so I thought I would try that back home, and probably the last six to eight months it started to really kick off, thankfully. Um, so, yeah, just young kids usually from ages five onwards, um, just all different abilities around Northern Ireland, and some are coming further than that. Do you get a good buzz out of that? Is that something yeah, you enjoy? Yeah, yeah. Oh, listen, I, I love just uh, helping them and showing them bits of experience that I've, you know, I've got across and it's kind of a big thing for someone from where I live to get across the water so I can help uh, hopefully get a few of the players that I coach eventually in the future across to Scotland or England or whatever and you're still playing so again I can see uh, you putting up pictures of like team photos and stuff at the start of the season so yeah at the moment you uh, you Finn Harps yeah Finn Harps um it's kind of a tough one at the minute. Um, basically, my coaching's got really busy and I've not been playing for Finn Harps for the last six weeks. I've just couldn't make training and, and other work commitments, you know. So um, I have I have left Finn Harps there recently. Um, so just due to I'm too busy. Uh, Finn Harps is tra- trained three times a week with a match on a Friday. Um, so trying to mix the coaching and the two just was clashing. But um, I've I've had a good season as well, which is unfortunate. But I just couldn't mix the two. And so well, you you were Finn Harps, then Sligo Rovers for a year, then back to Finn Harps. Obviously, that's, yeah. that's just happened yeah. now. But it was, so yeah. what, what are you doing? Are you still playing out out wide? Uh, you... uh, yeah, still still playing uh, left wing, right wing, kind of up front, um, just wherever the manager wants me. But yeah. What's next for you then? Do you think will you keep playing, or are you gonna just focus on the coaching, uh, or just see what happens? Just, just at the minute, just gonna focus on the coaching and um, just get everything sorted with the Finn Harps thing. It's still a wee bit, still a wee bit touchy at the minute. So just with the getting sorted out, release forms and stuff. So um, yeah, I'll just see what happens, and then eventually, I'm, I'm assuming I probably will go play for somebody, but I'm not too sure. Right, well, best of luck with that. Um, I was looking to pick your brains, so Airdrie are playing Bohemians on, on Saturday, uh, and there aren't too many people who I think would be in a position to compare the leagues, but you'll have, you've played uh, in Scotland for, for a few years, and then you've been back playing League of Ireland as well, so uh, how do you think they match up? Do you think, uh, is that a similar standard? Obviously, I would, I would probably have to say Bohemians would maybe be a bit stronger, although Airdrie's going quite well this year, but... Um, 
I would probably say Bohemians would be a bit more. I have a picture of Bohemians to be maybe like a championship side, a mid mid table championship side or top top four maybe like a you know a Morton or somewhere like that or Queen of South. Um, so it'll be a tough one for Airdrie, but yeah, don't, there's there won't be much in it. Put it like that. And what's the League of Ireland like? So, so looking at Bohemians matches and stuff, they look like they've got average attendances of three thousand. Yeah. So that, that that's bang on with what you see. If that if they were in Scotland, they'd be they'd be like a Morton or a Queen of the South or whatever. Yeah, uh, makes sense. But uh, is it is there quite a big disparity? I mean, I saw they, they won a game ten one the other week, which seemed yeah. I'm sure is unusual even over there. <laughs> but are they one of the really strong teams within the league? Yeah, well, they they would be a top. You'd probably say a top five team, probably. You have the likes of Dundalk, Shamrock Rovers, and then now it's Derry City and Bohemians would be the top teams now, really. Um, but there is quite a gulf in our league with the likes of Dundalk are, are very, very strong. And then Shamrock Rovers are not far behind. And then it's everyone else is kind of more or less there. There's not much in the rest of the teams, bar the bottom, probably two or that's great that's given us a, a flavour so so you're expecting a tough game you'd maybe give Bohemians a slight edge just in size of the club and stuff but they're, they're having they're having to travel as well so that, I mean, hopefully that will level the game a bit for you yeah yeah um, yeah Airdrie have a lot of good players that I would still know do you know what I mean um, but I think Bohemians maybe just a wee bit stronger but it would be good uh, be good to see um, because it's it's hard to tell a lot of the Scottish players wouldn't really um, think much of the League of Ireland I don't think um, but having played in both the League of Ireland is very strong especially the last couple of years it's, it's been getting better I think you're right it doesn't get much publicity so you don't really know what to think and this competition well, it changed from when you played in it they've well, the Irish teams Connors Key Nomads and I can't remember the other Welsh team that are in this year but then also teams from the uh, the conference in England so we we played Sutton last year and lost 1-0 Bohemians then beat Sutton in, in penalty so it's quite interesting to match these leagues up against each other but there's so little television coverage of any of them that you've you no idea what you're coming up against so uh, it makes it, it makes it interesting and it, it beats playing East Fife for a, a fourth time this season or whatever so yeah. it's a, a bit of a fresh fixture Yeah definitely like, when I was over in Scotland I probably didn't know all the teams in the League of Ireland because um, it's not really well publicised really it's not you know but um, having played in it it should get a lot more publicity, I think, but um, the Scottish leagues are quite well publicised. Good, uh, Caelan, thank you very much for your time. Best of luck with no. the coaching, and, and thanks for your time, Adria, especially on your first spell. Uh, really, <laughs> really, really enjoyed uh, seeing the kind of throwback player. Not, not scared to take people on and, and scored a couple of cracking goals. So yeah, uh, perfect. I, I hope you find a, a new club and, and keep enjoying your football. But but it sounds like the coaching's going great, so that, that's good to hear. Yeah, brilliant, thank you very okay. much. Cheers, mate. Chat to you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the OTL podcast. A massive thanks to David Rothwell and Caelan McAleer for their time in helping me make the show. And a big thanks as always to Scott Crawford for the original music. I want to wish a safe journey to all the Bohemians fans who are coming across from Dublin for the game and we hope you enjoy your time in Airdrie.